0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt. I'm your host. Hey, today's episode is titled Political Season Meditation. I'm so excited about this episode. Uh, It's a little long. I'll be honest with you. It's a little long today, uh, but I promise every moment is worth it. And guess what? I am back. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling pretty good and I wanted to bring you some good stuff today. So you may want to take notes during this one. Uh, as we go through, I'm going to share with you the definition of, uh, Equanimity equanimity. Okay. We're going to talk about how you can have more peace, especially during this political season for those of you who are in the United States. Uh, and then I'm going to, you know, just uh, ask you a few questions. Like where are you at with the ideas of, uh, loving kindness, compassion, gratitude, kind of doing a check-in. Uh, I, have experienced a lot of people just in, in stress and distress during the political season. So let's check in with that. Um, And then I'm going to share with you a new kind of meditation just for the political season. Okay. So uh, please, please, please follow this podcast episode today uh, in order to get more peace and reduce your stress. Okay. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right. So let's get right to it. So let me start with the definition of equanimity. So I'll spell it in case you need it. Uh, It's E-Q-U-A-N-I-M-I-T-Y. Equanimity. Okay. If you look that term up in the dictionary, it means an evenness of mind, especially under stress an evenness of mind, especially under stress. So, um, when you look at the antonyms, so compared, comparing words, uh, three of them really popped out to me. So when you are in a state of equanimity, you are calm, collected, and composed, calm, collected, and composed. Okay. Now, uh, when we are focusing on loving others, so, showing kindness, uh, understanding, compassion, gratitude, right? The result of that kind of a, a way of living or attitude, if you will, is uh, an increase in the peace of your mind or a, a state of equanimity. Okay? When we choose to focus on those, let's say, higher qualities, uh, our thinking is bigger than our, our current limited perspective. Okay? So can you, can you understand that, that when you choose to think on um, kindness, compassion, and love, it opens up your perspective a little bit, okay? And it, it opens yourself up to other people's um, ideas, thoughts, beliefs, opinions, ways of living, okay? And honestly, when you're living in this state of uh, loving kindness, compassion, understanding, gratitude... Uh, it not only puts you in a place of equanimity where you have an evenness of mind, especially under stress, but it helps you to be uh, more unbiased, okay so not not really focusing on your own thoughts or beliefs or opinions, op- kind of welcoming and and being curious of of other people's thoughts and opinions as well. And it's a, a much more open state in your life again, what does this do? It brings you peace of mind. Okay. So a mentor of mine, uh, talks about this idea of sometimes we have what she calls visitors that come into our life. And some of these visitors, we put a label of good on, and some of them we put a label of bad on. And she really encourages you not to look at the label of good or bad, but to recognize them for what they are, that they're visitors. And think about the the idea of visitors. Even your long term visitors, they don't stay forever, do they? Otherwise, they're not visitors anymore. But visitors tend to come and go. Some stay a little bit of time, some stay a longer time. Um, Some have a very specific purpose. So for example, if you're having a dinner party, you know, that's one purpose. Um, Others, like a a friend of mine just had uh, her first baby and her parents came to visit and they were there for, I think, like a week and a half. Okay, that's a visitor with a very specific purpose and a specific time frame, right? So we, we understand this idea of visitors, don't we? And for some visitors, we prepare for them. So thinking about that idea of you're having a dinner party, you know, maybe you're getting to know somebody new in your community, you're going to prepare very different for that visitor than you are for, let's say your family members who's coming to help you with a new baby. Sure, you might, you know, get your guest room ready, that kind of thing before the baby comes. But once the baby's there, listen, I'm not focused on you as the visitor. Uh, you're you're here to kind of help me, Right. So depending on who the visitor is, how long they're going to be there, what the purpose is, you treat them very differently. Does that make sense? Okay. So what about when the visitors are things like sickness, health, poverty, wealth, sorrow, joy, Okay. Put, put any kind of life circumstance or situation in there. Okay. How do you treat these visitors? Do you accept them and welcome them and prepare for them? Or do you shut the door quickly on them and ignore them and kind of run away? Um, so what we're really talking about here is welcoming all visitors that come into your life in a spirit of acceptance to understand and acknowledge them, right, to remain curious. So let me let me talk about these what we consider the bad visitors. So let's talk about sickness. All right, you know, nobody wants to be sick, right? And, and there's various, I guess, in our human ways, there's various levels of sickness. So you can have, you know, a, a little cold that lasts a couple days. Uh, in our current climate, you could have coronavirus, right? Um, you could have cancer, so there's all kinds of different sicknesses and honestly being on day 12 of a sickness right now uh, this was probably one of the worst i've ever had okay i i wouldn't say that i necessarily welcomed this visitor with open arms however when we get to the point where we can appreciate a sickness okay so i mean by uh being open willing and curious so for example for me you know, I've learned several things about myself, about my body, about my health throughout the last two weeks. And I'm appreciative for this experience. Do I want to repeat it? No, not necessarily. Uh, but I, I'm appreciative. So this is a visitor that I'm like, okay, I I, I might not have been so uh, accepting that you were here. However, once I realized this is what we're doing now, and I started to say, okay, I'm going to tend all my attention to this visitor of sickness and do what I need to do to accept it and say, okay, what, what do you need right now? Right. So taking care of myself, reaching out, asking for help, um, you know, honoring the low. We've talked about that when we talk about, um, uh, the law of rhythm, right? So That's a way that you can appreciate the sickness. Now, what happens when we have uh, this visitor of sickness come in and we try to, uh, you know, shut that door and no, 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 I don't want that here. And or ignore it or try to run away. Guess what? The visitor is still there and they're there for a purpose and they're there for a time. And if you don't attend to it, guess what happens? They stay longer. And sometimes they multiply their friends. And so if you don't care for yourself, eventually what's going to happen is they're going to invite another friend, which might be another illness to come and kind of hang out with you. Does that make sense? Okay. So what about this idea of poverty? And you know, as I was really sitting and thinking about this, I was like, okay, I don't really want to focus on the money part of it. Now, listen, I know in our world, we have, for lack of a better term, we have the haves and the have nots. Okay. Uh, and, and I'm, I don't really want to focus on that on this episode, but poverty is also a mindset. Um, I got to be honest with you that there are people in, that I've known in my life uh, that have very little in life and they do not have a poverty mindset. They have an abundance mindset, meaning they are um, all about, well, what can we do with what we have um, and how can we have a good life and keep continue to make our life better, right? So I don't want to discount and just say, oh, if you're poor, you should just be poor. That's not what I'm saying. I've also met people with tons of money who still had a poverty mindset, who are still clipping coupons, who are still, you know, um, talking about, no, no, we can't do that because that's going to cost money, right? They don't have a rich, full, deep life. And so this visitor of poverty, the mindset, you know, do do you try to figure out, you know, where did that mindset come from? Uh, why has it been helpful for me in the past? And how is it going to be helpful or hurtful in the future? So really this is the idea of sitting down with your, your poverty or abundance mindset, like you would a friend who's come to visit to sit and have a, a coffee chat with you. Sitting down talking about where'd you come from? Tell me a little bit more about you, right? Uh, so that you can understand. And then this idea of sorrow, right? So I looked at it as a couple different ways. First of all, grief, you know, that, um, I, I've known a lot of people in the last six months who have lost people. Okay. And I too have lost people and grief is this, you know, funny visitor that, um, comes and kind of hits you over the head sometimes, especially when it's new. Uh, and, I got to tell you, for those of you who have recently lost loved ones, you're probably figuring this out, but grief is a visitor that doesn't just stop coming. It comes for you on a a random Tuesday, a year after, right? It comes for you after with all the firsts in your life. So the first time that person is not here for their birthday or a holiday, right? And so grief is that visitor that you might not want to come But I know from experience that when you allow grief to come in, and there's a lot of actually brain research out there that shows us when you're in this period of grief, the feeling of grief usually lasts about 90 seconds. It comes in waves of 90 seconds. When you are new to the grief, the waves are often, they're like back to back to back to back. So it seems like it's lasting a really long time when in reality you're just having a ton of cycles of those 90 seconds. As time goes on, you have more space in between those 90 second waves, and it seems like time is healing, right? When in reality you're just having a different relationship to that visitor. Okay. Now, I know that when you're in this place of grief, if you acknowledge that, okay, it's here right now and try to take care of yourself for that 90 seconds, that you can, you know, literally uh, accept that visitor into your life and say, thank you for coming. I appreciate it. You're here for a reason. And then when they go, you can say, thank you for coming. Appreciate it. I'll see you next time. It's a much more open and compassionate way of living it's accepting what is here in the moment rather than fighting it or ignoring it. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. So you might be saying, Michelle, what in the world does this have to do with our political season? Well, you know, if we're going to welcome all visitors with an open and curious mind to understand, right, to show compassion and to love one another, think about how that applies to our current situation so for those of you outside the united states i'm sure you're well aware but we are um you know weeks uh away from a presidential election uh the good the bad and the ugly right but think about that if we're really trying to welcome all visitors in our life how does this idea of welcoming visitors with that open and curious mind to understand and show compassion relate to political ads. It doesn't, does it? Uh I I can't even tell you how many times I've said to my husband, now listen, we don't really watch TV all that much. Um for whatever reason we've been watching the the morning news lately, which I've had to tell the kids we, we need to stop watching that now. Um but political ads, I don't care which side you're on, uh they very rarely talk about what they are for. And if they talk about what they're for, they either have a spot before they talk about that or after they talk about that against their opponent. Um, Honestly, I do not want to hear you talk about your opponent. I want to hear you talk about you so that I can get to know you. Think about that. It would be like a visitor coming in and talking about other people. You know, you're sitting down to have a chat with somebody, having some coffee and talking about their life. And all of a sudden they're gossiping or they're telling about other people, right? Now you might like that. I don't think that that's great. It's kind of got an icky feeling to me. Okay. What about the news? You know, as much as any news station likes to say that they're reporting all sides, Not really. And, and these days you've got to watch, I don't know, at least a dozen, dozen different channels, um, you know, not only nationally, but internationally to really understand maybe a small glimpse into what's actually happening in the news. But what about on social media? You know, that, that's something that I'm really noticing lately. And I've had to limit my exposure on social media because it's becoming difficult at best. So it's, it's, there's not a lot of, uh, loving kindness going on right now, right? Now, um, we each have certain visitors in our life that turn into long-term, um, I, I don't know, not necessarily a visitor, could be a visitor, uh, but we turn these visitors into, uh, you know, basically they should be paying rent at this point. Okay. And, Two of the ones that I'm noticing the most, especially on social media right now, are your political affiliation and your religion. Now, neither one of those is is inherently bad. I'm not here to tell you what to think, you know, what, what political affiliation or religion to have. I will never ever tell you what to think, but I will always tell you to think, okay? Now, your political affiliation and your religion, let me just say this, that for the most part of people, I would say the grand majority of people, those flow from uh, whatever your experience as you were growing up is. So, for example, if you talk to people, you know they're so uh, heated about the things that they believe, and they they very few of them have actually stepped back to think about why do I believe that way. Now, some people, you know, they've made a change in their life. Maybe they believed a certain way and then, you know, they were exposed to new ideas and they made a change. Um, Some of those people have actually, um, you know, invited that visitor in to try to understand, you know, okay, let me really think through this a little bit, right? Uh, Other people, because they've become emotionally involved in something, they have made a change without doing that thinking. I don't know where you're at. Uh, I know where I'm at, but I don't know where you're at. And the problem is really when you force your visitor. Okay. So your political affiliation or religion on others and deny any other visitors to enter. So there's two problems with it. Number one, you're forcing your visitor on somebody else. So you're literally inviting this, you know, visitor into your life and you're like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Now you've got to go visit my next door neighbor. You've got to convince them. Right. And the second problem is when you deny other v- visitors entry into your home. So speaking of your, your mental home, right. You deny any other point of view because it's not in alignment with your current visitor. Okay. So example, you know, attacking someone for their belief or opinion because they see things differently than you do, or they have a different experience. Okay. That's forcing your, your own visitor and denying a new thought to yourself. Now the same is true for religion. Okay. I'll give you a great example. Um, before I I got sick a couple weeks ago, we talked about the four, uh, qualities, right? So we've been talking about loving kindness, compassion, uh, rejoicing, and then this idea of equanimity, right? So evenness of mind. Did you know that this, these four qualities, this is a Buddhist philosophy? Does that make you less inclined to practice it or maybe more? Okay. Is it in alignment with what you currently know about religion or spirituality? Is it a new visitor to you or are you acquainted with that visitor? Do you invite the visitor in to get to know it before passing judgment, or do you just say, that's not my religion, so I'm not going to look at that? Okay. Now, whenever I see a post on social media, and typically these days, of course, it's the political thing, I try to understand from that person's point of view so there are people in my life, I know their backgrounds, I know their histories, I know their experiences, I know their childhoods, I know their families. And, you know, some of the things that they say, absolutely, I don't necessarily agree with, but I totally get where they're coming from. Because inputs and outputs, right? I totally get it. Um, and I would like for them to get it about me. Okay, that's where that loving kindness and compassion comes in. Okay, now I might ask questions to try to understand a little bit more. And I'll be honest with you that almost everywhere I'm looking with these impassioned, uh, not only posts, but uh, attacks and and defenses in the political realm, uh, I see the hurt and the fear there, not the love and when i when i tend to focus on this understanding and being open and curious i try to acknowledge what's happening and accept this visitor what comes my way guess what i get i get more peace of mind i'm not trying to recruit another voter to my side i'm not trying to recruit a you know person to my religion I'm just merely trying to understand that person and out of that place of understanding and acceptance of the person, I get more peace. So the big question I have for you is, do you want to be right or do you want to have peace? Do you want to be right or do you want to have peace? Now, listen, I can already hear somebody you're going to email me and you're going to say, Michelle, but can't you have both? I think you can, you can be right and have peace. However, this idea of being right is more like being quietly right. (laughs) So, for example, let's say a visitor comes into your your home uh, and they have a different political view than you do. Do you bash them over the head and attack them and have this fight with them about their political beliefs? Or do you acknowledge and accept this person is a visitor in your home and try to understand them? You, it's not changing your opinion or belief, right? However, you're, you're accepting that other person. So just as if you would do that with them in your home, treat them like that on social media. Okay. It's, you can still be right in your own regard. You can still have your conversations about this is what I believe. And this is why, Hey, tell me what you believe. Tell me wh- why, right? And have peace. So I I want to share with you, um, a simple meditation and it goes based on some of the other ones we've done before. So it really is simple. Uh, and remember anytime you're doing a meditation, before you start the meditation, you want to do something that uh, enacts your parasympathetic nervous system. So your sympathetic nervous system is the fight or flight or freeze. Your parasympathetic is your rest, digest and grow. Okay. So you want to do whatever you can to relax your muscles. Now, some people find deep breathing helps. Some people find, you know, visualizing their happy place helps. Some people find doing something like humming helps. Whatever works for you to relax all of your muscles, start with that, okay? Now, I'm just describing the meditation. I'm not actually taking you through it. So for those of you who I know you listen and you're walking or riding your bike or, or driving, there's no need to, to turn it off. I'm just explaining it. But I would highly suggest that you come back to this. Um, we're about the 25-minute mark. Uh, so come back to this and write it down so you can do it later. Okay. So again, three statements, very similar to some of our other four quality meditations that we've done before. Um, the, the main statement is, may I dwell in the great equanimity free from passion, aggression, and prejudice. Okay. So for those of you writing this down, may I dwell in the great equanimity. May I dwell in the great equanimity. So what does that mean? That means, you know, may I dwell in this place of evenness of mind, calm, collected, composed, free from passion, aggression, and prejudice. So those three terms together, passion, aggression, and prejudice really just means that your passion is in this regard is about your self-centered ego self. Okay. Aggression, of course, that's fighting others and prejudice means um, based on your own preconceived notions. Okay. So really this statement is saying, may I dwell in evenness of mind, stay calm, collected and composed, not get caught up in myself and enjoy other visitors. So the first part of that, that statement, may I dwell in the great equanimity free from passion, aggression, and prejudice. Now, the second statement is may you dwell in the great equanimity on and on. So the you is really about the people who are maybe a little bit closer to you that you actually know. Okay. So it can stem from special relationships to you know, those, uh, acquaintances to coworkers, that kind of thing. And then the third statement is may all beings dwell in the great equanimity and on and on. Okay. So the first statement is about you. The second statement is about people that, you know, and the third statement is really about the inclusive, you know, everybody in the, in the world. Okay. Now, for you, you know, when you're, when you're doing the, the first statement and you're meditating on that, I want you to really try to visualize you being in a peaceful place. So, uh, you know, let's think about, um, you know, you're on social media and as you're, you're repeating this statement and you could repeat the statement as many times as you want and then go to the second one. You don't have to do one, two, three, and then repeat one, two, three. You could kind of hang out in the first statement, the the may I one. Uh, So you, you hang out in that place, but during that time, you're trying to visualize you having an interaction with somebody that maybe you disagree with on social media, and you're going to visualize yourself and feel yourself being at peace during that conversation. Okay, that's really important. Just saying the statement is not really enough. You know that string of words put together—that's not magic. But when you visualize yourself and feel yourself being peaceful during that interaction, that's really what you're doing. Is you're um, the the saying the statement is using your conscious brain, but visualizing and feeling is really downloading that thought into your subconscious mind, which is where you're going to flow. Uh, you know your behavior is going to change. Okay. Once you have that and you've got that feeling of like, oh, yes, uh, I, I feel it. Okay, I'm good. Now you do the same thing, but you visualize people that you know that that are having this feeling of, uh, you know, being calm, collected and composed. So, you know, uh, a good thing might be, you know, to imagine your your spouse or significant other or your kids or a very close coworker that you have know, know, that's been kind of in a little tiff, right? And imagine them being at peace during a situation like that. Okay. And feel what, what you think they would feel. And then, you know, you can do something very similar to the may all beings one. Okay. Honestly, you can even throw in there, you know, I don't know if you're Democrat, Republican, independent, whatever you are, uh, I don't know what your political affiliation is, but you can imagine it for yourself and you can imagine it for, quote unquote, them. Okay. Different religions. Honestly, a great one here in the United States would be, uh, you know, I, I hear all the time that there's such a um, a difference between Black Lives Matter and All Lives Matter, Yes, I do think that that's the case. However, I think it's a great opportunity to say these are two very different visitors who need to sit down and have coffee together and really talk about what are your commonalities. So can you sit and think about, you know, uh, maybe, maybe your Black Lives Matter. Can you sit and say, you know what? May All Lives Matter participants dwell in the great equanimity free from passion, aggression, and prejudice. Maybe your all lives matter. Can you say uh may the Black Lives Movement dwell in the great equanimity, free from passion, aggression, and prejudice? And really try to feel that. Okay. That's it. That's as simple as it is. Uh I if you want to try that out and you're just not quite sure, I, I want you to try it first and then reach out to me. Let me know what questions or thoughts you have about that one. Okay. Basically what you're trying to do here is through the meditation, your conscious brain will be working, but it will be downloading this idea of, I want to be in peace. I want you to be in peace. I want us all to be in peace together. You're not discounting what somebody is believing. Okay. Uh, you're not attacking, you're not defending. You're just merely saying amidst all of these beliefs that we have, I want everybody to have peace. Okay. You will be doing yourself, your family, your community, and the world a favor by doing this. Okay? Try it. If I could give any gift to you today, honestly, it would be peace. I would give peace to the homeschoolers, the virtual schoolers, the in-person schoolers, um, those people who are experiencing discrimination. I would give peace to people who are experiencing bad bosses whose marriages have broken up, who people have lost jobs. Uh, I would give huge amounts of peace to virtual employees and teams just trying to make things work. I would give peace to Democrats and Republicans and independents. I would give peace to the sick and the healthy, to the poor and the wealthy, to the, the grieving and the rejoicing. Okay? When we go after this kind of peace, despite our circumstances... Our perspective opens up and we have a new reality beyond these two dichotomous options that we have somehow told ourselves, you know, life is is yes or no, either or, um, you know, us versus them. When we really go after this deep abiding peace amidst our circumstances and our, our current awareness or beliefs, we can... Go beyond those two options and see something different. I really think the world could be a different place. If every single person who listens to this podcast would enact this kind of a, a, a meditation for the next, well, let's see, we're, it's October 15th. So what, we've got three weeks. If we could all, you know, once a day, spend 10 minutes thinking about this, for the next three weeks, I literally think that we could uh, make a difference in this world, okay? At the very least, all of us are going to be more at peace regardless of whatever happens, okay? I promise you this is the hardest, simplest thing that you'll ever do. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next time. All right, bye-bye.